0: Welcome, Rinkrats, to season three, episode seven of the rinkcoms Blackhawks Rinkcast. Brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network—your sport, your team, your time. And as always, we are also brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines. You can buy your uh, loved ones and your friends some really cool uh, puck hockey gear. Uh, throw it in the cart. Use the the Rink, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, to get 10% off of your orders. Um, they got all kinds of cool new stuff over there. I've been saying it over and over again, but the goalie mask line is my favorite. But uh, uh, I'm not going to hate on any of the Anthrax or Testament or Exodus, all the thrash metal stuff. If you like thrash metal, that's your place, man. They got some mega, uh, I think Dave Ellefson stuff. Uh, Snoop Dogg. I forgot about Snoop Dogg, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Snoop Dogg.
0: And, uh, yeah, so go, get over there, throw a bunch of stuff in the cart, throw the rink uh, at checkout, use that discount code, and get your 10% off. So, um, anyway, today is Tuesday, or Thursday, sorry, today's Thursday, December 12th, 2019, and I am your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machines as Puckin' Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's F.A., man. Who could be scared of a Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey's just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he? <laughs> and I am joined by my co host at Partner in Crime, the now a little nasally John Jekyll. <laughs> How's it going?
1: <laughs> uh, better than Stan Bowman at the moment.
0: Oh, 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 Nailed it! They're the two biggest <laughs>
1: dickheads in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Blackhawks are going to be playing a little bit later. Uh, we're trying to get this in, uh, before the game. Uh, they're playing in Arizona. Uh, just, you know, right off the top, it looks like, uh, they got some more injuries and stuff, some more info, you know, information about Ooh. injuries and stuff today. So, uh, it's know, a mess. Yeah, it, it is, is a mess, mess. with, uh, along with, uh, Duncan Keith being week to week, uh, Drake Jewel is kind of a day to day, uh, Andrew Shaw is on LTIR. Calvin DeHaan was thrown on IR. So he's going to be out until at least next week, this time next week. Uh, you know, they had brought up uh, Bokvist and uh, they brought up Dylan Sakura. And we're going to kind of talk about him in a little bit. But um, yeah, wait. so it's kind of a, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you've got Dennis Gilbert and Adam Bokvist playing uh, on your defense. That was bad in the first place. So you're gonna be a little more leakier leaky than usual with that. And then you got Dylan Sakura out there. Actually, he's not gonna to play tonight. He's gonna to be scratched for Matthew Highmore. And uh but uh, you still got some issues up front too. Uh Kajul is not in there, but it's not the end of the world, but you got Kirby Doc playing fourth line. It's 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 I don't know what's going on out there. I mean, I just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Well, well, Jeff, it's a (laughs) it's a bad team without a lot of depth that has a lot of injuries. And you get this.
0: Yeah. And you you got to throw. Yeah. Don't forget to throw a little denial in there, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess bad might be a little unfair. It's a mediocre team without a lot of depth that that's had a lot of injuries, you know. And the thing is, is I'm going to put some of this at Stan Bowman's feet. I mean, he had a great summer this last summer. But there were some, you know, I, I think some of the problems that are happening now are, you know, you have to lay at his feet. And two of them are Andrew Shaw and uh, Calvin DeHaan, because these injuries that these guys are out with uh, were injuries that the Hawks knew about when they traded for them. You know, they knew that DeHaan had had some fairly serious shoulder issues um, and that uh, Shaw had had some recent concussions. And as fate would have it, that's what we're dealing with now. And, you know, those that's about... Geez, it's about $9 million in salary, and, um, you know, they, they gave up a, a fair amount for those guys, um, and, uh, you know, there you go. I mean, it's uh, it's what happens when you don't have a lot of depth and you get injuries.
0: Yeah, that's they, they did have a lot to play with in the first place, and uh, now that you're down four players yep. uh, and, you know, two of – actually, probably your top two defensemen, you know, yeah. Arguably no, your top two defenders. No question.
1: Men. No question. Those were the those were the two best defenders. And they're gone, yeah. for know.
0: And then now so now you're going to you're going to get, you know, the lion's share of Eric Gustafson out there. Oh god. And Adam Bokvist and I, I'm not going to hate on Adam Bokvist, but he's not going to help your defense, you know. He's not oh. going to help you keep the puck out of the net very much. He may help oh. you score some goals, but Neither him nor uh, Gustafson are going to, you know, keep that puck out of the net. So Rob Lander is going to have his, his hands full tonight. But
1: uh, You know, it's interesting, too. I mean, when, you know, the, the best you can pull out of your system to kind of shore things up is is Gilbert. Um, and not to pick on him, but, I mean, it, it goes back to, you know, this is why uh, the draft pick of vlasic this year was so important because they finally went out and got a guy who was a really solid defensive defenseman and you know calvin dehan when he's healthy um only when he's healthy i mean those are guys that can play that more you know defensive shutdown role um and you know unfortunately you know vlasic is still very far from being ready for any for pro play much less the nhl and uh you know this you know when you're bringing up guys like Gilbert who's probably at best an AHLer or fringe or, um and Bokris to to solve this problem right now that's that's not good i mean you would think that uh you know you would hope that they would have something better possibly to uh to to uh, address this issue and they don't
0: yeah well and then to make matters worse and we're not, it's not like we're rooting against the team but uh no. the the fact of the matter is is to be able to replenish the system, you can't do that through free agency. <coughs> you need to do that through the draft. And we talked about that at length in the last podcast. And uh, they're not going to replenish the system. If you're, if you're picking 12th, 13th, like at that point, even in the first round, like you're getting a guy who is probably got some holes in his game. Right. And, uh, and maybe it's not his game. Maybe it's his size, whatever, but uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of you know you're not going to get a lot of Alex Brinkets. Um, no, you know you're going to get them occasionally. But uh, you know if you if they want to replenish that system, they're going to start needing to do it start needing to do it through the draft um, because they're not going to get them anywhere else. You're not going to get you're you're not going to pick guys. I mean, you're not going to get uh, Drew LeBlanc. <laughs> You know these free agents out of college and
1: with with those great YouTubes,
0: yeah. And I mean, you got uh, you know Reese Johnson and uh, Brandon Hagel. I mean, those guys were okay junior guys. They put up some decent numbers. They were free agents. The Blackhawks brought them in for some depth in the AHL, but to expect them to be the you know involved in the next wave of right. you know great Blackhawks, legendary Blackhawks like Chris Versteeg, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's. Uh, You're going to be uh, sadly mistaken. So uh, anyway, all right, well, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about this. I'm going to kind of go over and stuff, but uh, we're going to actually do a War Pigs report. Uh, Mario is going to join us again. Last time he joined us for, you know, in the, uh, what what, what should we call it? The the hog house, (laughs) something like that.
1: Oh man, the hog,
0: the (laughs) the hog hog house, (laughs) the hog pen. Yeah um
1: the pigs die
0: yeah <laughs> but he, he he sent us a nice uh more pigs Sorry. report from there and uh i don't know where he's gonna be sending from this time but uh you know that's all right uh he did a great job he he was actually we didn't we didn't talk about this much but he actually uh he was part of the color team for the broadcast uh oh. the other night for the ice Hawks. so uh you know big shout out to our boy mario he uh you know he was on the CLTV thing. Now he's on. You know he's gonna be too. big. He's gonna get too big for us.
1: He's you know? uh, he's uh, he's already going nationwide, Mario. He's
0: he is. He's he's a killer he's man. Broadcast broadcast quality. <laughs> yep. Our boy Mario out in you know. Rockford. So uh, we'll throw it over to we'll do we'll pay some bills. Throw it to Mario, and then we'll come right back. So uh, here we go. Even though the Blackhawks play most of their games on the road in December, there's still some home games available, and maybe you want to go visit them in Arizona or Vegas or Winnipeg. They even have a nice home stretch in January against teams that are very beatable that you might want to go see. When you finally pick which game you want to go to and you want to head out to one of those games, Vivid Seats is the top source for the tickets for the events you want to go to. If you're on a budget, you can sort by price or you can throw that all out the window and you can look for seats in the section or row of your choice, all on the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called the Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Once you download it, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it's time to buy, new users can enter the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Hey
2: guys, thanks for having me on for this War Pigs report. A lot going on for Rockford since the last time that we were able to talk. A lot of player movement organizationally between Rockford and Chicago, and Rockford and the Indy Fuel, so we'll get you caught up on that. But first, wanted to start with the most recent game for the Ice Hogs on Tuesday night at home. A 2-1 overtime win over the Milwaukee Admirals was quite the anomaly of a game, with the Admirals putting on 56 shots on net to the Ice Hogs, 14 shots on net. Kevin Lankanen playing a major role in the Ice Hogs victory, making 55 saves on those 56 shots. Both a career high for Lonkinen and an Ice Hogs AHL franchise record for saves in a game, The previous record being held by Michael Layton when he made 49 saves back in 2015. Lankanen with the win is 6-3-1 on the year, now with a 2.58 goals against average. And a 924 save percentage which ranks him fifth in the AHL among qualified goalies Uh, Lonkinen has been the bright star in net for the ice hogs this year Uh, he's really separated himself between uh, Colin Delia and Matt Tompkins but other than Delia's struggles to begin the season um, he's kind of turned things around in the last couple of starts for for himself the IceHogs are second in the AHL Central Division in team save percentage with a 9-1-0 mark between Lankan and Delia and Matt Tompkins. Goaltending has been the key for the Ice IceHogs this season, and it's going to need to continue to be a key as they have had a lot of player movement impacting them in, in major ways, most notably Adam Boquist, Matthew Highmore, Dennis Gilbert, and Dylan Sakura all going from Rockford up to the Blackhawks, uh, given the Blackhawks' major uh, injury troubles that uh, they've been experiencing. So, on the defensive end, Adam Bolquist leaves the Ice Hawks. He's been uh, up and down this season, but obviously a major minutes uh, eater for the Ice Hawks. He'll now see a lot of minutes with the Blackhawks. Coming up from the uh, Ice Hawks as well, Matthew Highmore and Dylan Sakura. On the offensive end, uh, they're two of the more prolific point producers for the Ice Hawks this season. Highmore uh, bounced back year from last year after missing most of the season uh, with a shoulder injury. He's got 12 points through 21 games this season. Uh, Sakura, through 22 games this season, has 16 points when he left the team after being recalled for the Blackhawks. He was tied with his brother Tyler for the team lead in points. And held the team lead in goals with nine goals. So a lot of production is going to be needed to be replaced for the Ice Hogs with the movement between uh, Rockford and Chicago. So players coming up: Matthew Thompson, Dylan McLaughlin, Dmitry Osipov, and Ben Yauds have all been added to the Ice Hogs roster from the Indy Fuel. McLaughlin, Thompson, uh, the forwards, Osipov, and Yauds on defense. Now they were able to get into the game. Uh, against the Admirals and were all very noticeable uh, from the start. Head coach Derek King having to give a lot of those players meaningful ice time given the uh, the, the movement between Rockford and Chicago. Uh, Yaud's actually returning to the Ice Hogs. Uh, he hasn't been with the team since 2013, but he actually uh, tallied a secondary assist in the game, so it was great to see him come back and uh, produce a little uh, offense for the ice hogs osipov making uh, a return to rockford he got in a fight in the second period that seemed to change the momentum of the game against the admirals on tuesday night eventually leading to uh, the ice hogs getting the first goal of the game in the second period and ultimately behind Lankinen's effort getting the win over the admirals now that win over Milwaukee was the 12th win over the last 17 games for the Hawks, a 12-4-1 record since October 30th. That's seen them improve to 14-9-1 through 24 games this season. That's good for 29 points and sitting right behind the Admirals in the AHL Central Division in second place. Now, given that Rockford started the year 0-3-0 for the first time in franchise history, uh, it's evident that they've been climbing the ladder. And in the absence of some of those major players that they've lost to the Blackhawks and might be out for a couple of games, uh, they're going to need a lot of improvement and a lot of production from some players that up to this point in this year have been playing minor roles and what's one player that has made the adjustment to the the pro game and it's evident through his play to begin the season this year is rookie Brandon Hagel he now leads the Ice Hogs in both goals and points for rookies he has eight goals and 13 points on the year he's a top 20 player in the AHL for rookie points and his eight goals on the year are eighth in rookie goal scoring so he's definitely come along uh for the ice hogs as the season has progressed he's had 12 points over his last 17 games four goals in his last six games and Derek king is obviously looking at him as one of the go-to offensive options for the ice hogs and a fun fact here the Rock- rockford ice hogs are now six one and one when hagel scores this season wrapping it up here for the ice hogs taking a look at what is ahead of them it's a three-game trip to canada first time going north of the border this year for rockford as they start on friday night taking on the belleville senators 6 p.m central time puck drop at the caa arena in belleville ontario it's the first of two meetings between the teams this season and is actually the first ever meeting between the senators and blackhawks ahl franchises In AHL history, Belleville, formerly the Binghamton Senators, uh, they're coming to town later in the year in January. Uh, Following Friday's action, the IceHogs head to Toronto to take on the Marlies for a Sunday afternoon tilt. It's the second meeting between the teams this year. IceHogs won the first meeting back in November in Rockford. Uh, Sunday's puck drop is set for 3 p.m. Central Time at the Coca-Cola Coliseum in Toronto, Ontario. Finishing the three-game Canadian road trip will be Tuesday night when the Icehawks are in Laval, taking on Laval Rocket. It's also the second of the second of two meetings between the teams this year. Rockford lost the first meeting between Laval and the Icehawks back on October 14th in Rockford. Tuesday night's game is set for 6 p.m. Central Time at Place Bell in Laval, Quebec, Canada. So that'll do it for this edition of the War Pigs Report. Thanks for having me on, guys, and I'll send it back to you.
0: All right, thank you, Mario, for your uh, WarPigs report. Good as always. Uh, you guys are going to see actually on our website and uh, you know through the podcast and stuff. We're going to start doing some different things. We're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, we don't want to keep things fresh. We want to make uh, you know good content for everybody. We have some really talented writers. We want to let them kind of let their freak flag fly. So uh, we're going to you know change up kind of our some of the stuff that we do and. And part of that is going to be uh, we're going to see some more segments from people like Ron Luce. He's going to, you know, give us some segments about, uh, you know, Blackhawks prospects and stuff. And uh, we're going to probably find a way to weave the guys from uh, Colorado in a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of cool stuff, you know, happening. But, uh, you know, now is the time to kind of shift gears a little bit. We don't want to just give you, you know, the basic news. We want to kind of give you a little bit of analysis and insight. And uh, you know, that's where we're gonna head towards. So we're really excited for this. And uh I do we, we actually just brought in another writer from uh for uh Colorado as well. His name's Lucas. So uh he's gonna join JJ and uh uh not this JJ, the other JJ. The other JJ,
1: the imposter.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh Aaron out in Colorado to write about the Avs and uh DU and all that stuff out there. So yeah, you know, welcome Lucas. Uh looking yep. forward to hearing from you. And uh we had Matthew, the other uh blackhawks writer he's going to be coming on and doing some stuff too we might yep so uh yeah we're just uh we're growing leaps and bounds and having a real good time so uh back to the blackhawks um since we last recorded blackhawks you know played four games um i'm just going to go quickly through them we and then we can kind of you know sum it up and talk a little bit more like what we kind of teased before uh mario came came on the uh and did his war report so uh they beat the Bruins four three in overtime. Uh, it was kind of a surprising game, actually, because the Bl- the Blackhawks throughout or uh, jumped out to a, a quick three nothing lead, which was surprising to everybody. Uh, Taves, Strom, DeBrinket, and Carpenter had goals. Leonard saved uh, thirty seven of forty, uh, but uh, the Bruins came good. back. Yeah, the Bruins came back, uh, scored three straight goals, tied up the game, um, and the Blackhawks had to win it in overtime. So. Uh, not not ideal, but I guess you know it's a road win against one of the top teams in the NHL. So uh, we, I guess we can't really complain about that too much. Nope. Uh, they beat New Jersey in a shootout two to one. The goal, the the regulation goal was uh, by Debrinkit, and uh, Doc had the shootout winner. Crawford saved uh, twenty nine of thirty. Now that's which what, is good. Yeah, th- this is the kind of game you want to see from the Blackhawks. Like you want to see something like a nice solid defensive game. They yep. give up. 30 shots or less, they don't give up a lot of goals. Uh, you know, Dabrinkit's been a uh, hot fire lately. Uh, you know, I was calling him out kind of earlier this year, but he's been scoring almost every game uh, lately. So that's good to see hot Dabrinkit, but
1: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that in the, in the game before is you really, I mean, in terms of even though this team is not probably not going to be a playoff team, but if, if in terms of your team, what you what you want to see is you want to see regulation wins because regulation wins are, are where you're you're being the superior team in five on five hockey, generally yeah. speaking, you know, three on three and um, uh, the shootout. Those are, you know, the, and the Hawks have fattened up uh, in those in those situations the last few years uh, when they weren't very good five on five teams. And. Um, so going forward, what you want to see the Hawks start to do is have regulation wins versus overtime wins, because regular season overtime wins are not indicative necessarily of a good playoff team. And ultimately, probably not this year, but ultimately we want this to be a playoff team again. Yeah. So that's just something to to bear in mind going forward. A lot of our fans get all you know over the moon about you know the shootout or you know Eric Gustafson you know being good in three on three. But in playoff hockey, that stuff doesn't matter, and we just have to keep that in mind.
0: Well, yeah, you, you get the a win's a win kind of thing, and well, not really. Uh, oh, you know, you need yeah. to see improvement. You need to see solid play. Just because you win a game doesn't mean you deserve to win the game. Maybe you just got lucky. You know, maybe maybe yeah. the other team was just you know like the Bruins. They were terrible in the first half of that game. Right. Right. And really, honestly, you stand those two teams up on the ice, and the Blackhawks shouldn't be on the same ice with the no, Bruins at no, this point. No. Uh, No,
1: but they had those a couple of, you know, with the exception of a little bit of a collapse in the the Boston game, or not actually a big collapse in the Boston game. Those were a couple that the the Hawks played pretty well in those two games, especially the New Jersey
0: game. But again, those are in the other conference. (laughs) So you're not gaining ground on any of your competitors in your division. Uh, Then they went to uh, Arizona. They lost four, three in a shootout. Goals were by Taves, the Brinkett, Kubelik. and laner faced 47 shots Jeez. Uh, and they were outshot 47 to 29 like they yeah. they, they actually mm-hmm. shouldn't the it should have even made it through shootout and no. the only reason it did is because of the several highlight reel saves yeah that robin laner I, I mean he's he he did one in overtime he did that one where he stacked the pads and those are just two of some incredible saves that he made that night. I mean he's he, he was the player of the game and they got the extra point or uh, they got the point. They got the loser point out of it, but and, and that point goes right, you know, on Lanner's uh, you know, shoulder mm-hmm. so um the other thing on that was the Dennis Gilbert fight controversy, uh mm-hmm. where he uh he got into a fight, uh cha- he chased uh, what was it, Demers across the ice because DeMurs had hit uh the uh probably a penalty, you know, he, was, he should have been called on that play. But uh, then Gilbert skates halfway across the ice, gets the instigator, gets, you know, two, five and a 10. And, uh, you know, he's he's not on the ice and they're killing a power, you know, they're killing a uh, penalty. And then uh, they scored on the, on the power play, which didn't help. Uh, Arizona did. So uh, that, I mean. I'm not going to hate too much on Dennis Gilbert for trying to stick up for De- uh, for Alex to break it because really, and, and we've kind of said it a couple of times, and, and you mentioned it. I know that uh, you know where who's sticking up for anybody out there. You know when when Kane's getting smashed or Taves is getting smashed or Debrincat's getting smashed. Who's actually like you know atoning for any of that? And uh, I guess the answer is Dennis Gilbert.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's that's part of why why Shaw was brought back. And well, you know, a lot of a lot of fans, especially of the more recent vintages, want to you know dismiss that idea of, you know, having a guy around who can take care of business. But the truth is, and I've been told this by team sources that um, and former players that, you know, guys like Kane and Taves like this is why you had John Scott in Chicago. This is why you had Brandon Bullock around for three or four years. They like having that guy around in Carcillo. excuse me same thing they like having that guy around who can take some of that physical you know dirty after the whistle crap pressure away from them and that's why those guys have been here it's not because anybody's stupid or because you know those guys bribed somebody that's why they were here so yeah i mean and you know it's a shame that shaw's now gotten you know another another concussion apparently a pretty bad one if reports are to be believed um, but you know, that's the, that is kind of the reality of the NHL still in, in that regard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so after that game, uh, they lost to Vegas five, one, which was just, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, I went, I went to bed before it even started cause I knew what it was going to be. I just had a feeling. And, uh, yeah, it was that they were, you know, they basically lost five, nothing, uh, Kubelik scored like with 30 seconds to go right. in the game to break the right. shutout, which, you know, it, it really equated to nothing. Uh, Crawford saved 32 of 37 the game was uh scoreless actually uh until about midway through the second period and then uh Vegas just opened the floodgates and yeah. scored like three or four in the second and then uh
1: well Crawford played well too and yeah, he got yeah, hung yeah. out to dry by a poor poor defense
0: and a few times. we'll talk
1: more about that
0: yeah I was watching the uh I was watching the game recap and everything and some of the saves that Crawford was making man I'm like Jesus, like he should not have to make those saves, but thank God he did because that could have been a, a 9 nothing game. Right. You know, with, with that. Uh, and it's been with both goalies. Like they're, they are so lucky they have these goalies because they no. would be last in the league.
1: There's no question. They it, would be like five points below the Kings.
0: Yeah. If this was Cam Ward last year here, Cam Ward and whoever, you know, Colin Delia opening up <coughs> the season. This team would be in last place by a long shot, yeah. Because they'd be giving up five, six goals every game, and and you know I'm not hating on Cam Ward or Colin Delia, but they're not right. You know they're not the level of what Corey Crawford and uh, Robin Leonard are at this point in time. They just aren't, and they're not going to carry the team very often like that. So, yeah, Uh, this the the record and 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 let me kind of I'll kind of run down you know what their their stats are right now. Um, they're 12, 13, and 6, which drives me crazy when people don't even acknowledge the fact that they're basically 12 and 19.
1: Right. Well, Pete, some people don't understand that.
0: Yeah. And and I, I start to hear it like in podcasts and stuff where people are like, well, if, you know, I don't know if you're a subscriber to the, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, you, they've got 19 losses just yeah. cuz it was an overtime doesn't mean it's not a loss. It's still a loss. Right. It's 19 losses. They're tw- 12 wins, 19 losses for 30 points. Um they're 7th in their div- in their division. Uh the next highest uh, team is 3 points ahead of them. They're 26th overall. They went up just slightly. Uh their goal differential um I I I didn't get that this week. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. The faceoff percentage is up slightly. They're at 49%, but they're still not 22nd in the league. Um Penalty kill is about where it was. It's steady at at 19th. Uh, their uh, power play is rising slightly. It's 16 percent and 20. Still 22nd in the league. Mm. Goals four, down slightly. They're 25th. Uh, remember at the beginning of the season when everyone's like, "Well, if they score all these goals and
1: yeah, you know, we're gonna beat everybody seven to six every yeah, night." Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work out. Did well, it?
0: and yeah, look, it's it, it's it's slowly. They they've gone from like they were I don't know fourth fifth for a while now they're twenty 25th and uh it, you know it's gonna it, it's a lot harder to climb the ranks as the season goes on than it is to fall and they're gonna you know they're gonna continue to hover around this mark uh but uh yeah so they're down slightly actually from last week um this uh the goals against they went up slightly in the rankings they're 13th you know they're not in the top 10 anymore but they're still in there uh the shots shots again uh you know that's they're still last. They've been last almost the whole season. Shots faced per game, thirty. They're thirty-six point one. That's bad. Yeah, an average thirty-six point one. That's bad. You know, in the in the Blackhawks heyday, when when a team, when one of their teams was competing to be, you know, Stanley Cup champion, they were hovering around the like twenty-nine thirty. So they're giving up a full six shots per game more than those heydays, and that's just, you know, you know, on average, that's just what your team is uh, yeah. at this point in time. You know, they're, what, 19, uh, thirty 31 games into the season or something? And, that, you know, that's more than a third of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're starting to see what this team actually really is. As far mm-hmm. as possession goes, the Corsi and their Fenwick are both, you know, in the bottom third, 24th and 29th uh that's just bad their high danger save percentage actually went way up i don't know why <laughs> i i had to ch- double check it when i was looking at the stats because they were like in the 20s and now they're eighth in high danger save percentage so that has gone up sharply uh their five on five save percentage is sixth in the league uh which you can't ask for much more than that you really can't <clears throat> no and that's what this team is really honestly you know that's they're um they're in the bottom third of the league in most categories and that's
1: except goaltending.
0: Yeah, and that's where the team should be in the bottom third of the league. Uh, you know, I, I kind of joke about it and I, I'm sarcastic about it on the internet, but like the, the the people today are like, oh, well, you know, the blues last year on January or January first, they were in last place. Da, 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 da. And you know, we, we gotta just calm down. That could happen to the Blackhawks. No, it can't. Because if you've watched any hockey at all, including what the Blues were last year. I mean, the Blues came in as a hotly, you know, as one of the highest-ranked teams in the NHL for a reason. They had depth up and down the lineup. They had a really good defense. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, just compare the the blue lines of the two teams, the Blues last year and the Hawks this year. I mean, that right there should be a real good indicator that the Hawks are not going to engineer what the Blues did last year. Um, especially not if Calvin DeHans out for any appreciable period of time. And you know the the operative term with Duncan Keith is week to week, not day to day. Week to week. Yeah. And you know I I remember when he pulled up lame on the I forget which which game it was, but he was uh, oh it was one of the Colorado games.
2: Yeah. And he was yeah. Because yeah, it, sh- it, it was Nishushkin.
1: It did not look pretty. I mean, it looked like he was really hurt. And a groin injury can take a long time to heal, especially when you're 35 years old. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, the, this, you know, magical hope of an anything can happen turnaround, you know? And I remember in response to that, that particular tweet you're, you're talking about, my, my thought was, yeah. And monkeys could fly out of my butt. Um, as far as anything can happen. I mean, uh, I think, you know, fans you, that, that are holding on, holding on, to these notions and, you know, um, that the, it, the glory days are over. Okay. Now, I've I read some people saying today, well, that's fine. I've I had my three cups. I'm happy. You know what? If you're if you're happy and you want to keep spending the kind of money it takes for the tickets to get in to see this this team and to buy food and to buy drinks because of what happened over the last ten years, God bless you. I mean, that's great. You that's it's a free country. You can do that. Um, you know, myself. Um, you know, I've, I've been through. Oh, gosh, I'm not going to say how long it's several decades with this team. And, you know, we had 10 great years, but I want to see this team get back, you know, into playing in April, May, June, you know, um, and, and, you know, contend for cups. That was exciting. That's that was the the most exciting time of my life as a Blackhawk fan. I want to get back there. And you know what? You're not helping if you're accepting this mediocrity. You're just you're not.
0: Well, yeah, that you're lying to yourself. You're Yeah. You're ignoring the truth. Uh it's just a whole lot of denial. Uh I mean, look at the the Blackhawks have not won a playoff game since what, 2016? It's going to be 2020 in a couple of weeks. That's yeah. 4 years. Yeah. Two of those years they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And they're not going to And they're not going to make it this year. It's going to be 3 years in a row they they're not going to make the playoffs. Now, Wishing the team makes it in by some weird uh, anomaly or, they, you know, some weird hot streak. You're not seeing the bigger picture here. The bigger picture is this team's got a lot of holes in it. And if if by chance they were able to squeak into the playoffs, they're just going to get murdered in the first round. Absolutely. And then uh, why? Why would you want this? Uh, this notion that anything can happen is bullshit. It anything can anything not happen. That's why you have, you know, you have all these you know, analytical people out there and, 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 like that stuff doesn't happen. The blues going on the, the improbable run they did last year because they were one of the best teams. They, everyone at the beginning of the season was on, you know, the bandwagon that this team was so good. No one could believe that around Christmas time, that they were, their record was what it was. And they yeah. fired their coach. Things turned around and boom, there they are right back where and everyone said they were going to be at the beginning of the year.
1: If, if I, you know, had to bet the answer, before too long, is the Hawks are going to make another coaching change and Colton's going to become the scapegoat to the extent that it's deserved or not. But the the problem is is that it just kicks the can a little further down the road of what the real problem is, and that is that the talent pipeline is pretty dried up. Yeah, they've done a decent job the last couple of years adding in some draft picks, but it, you need three, four, five years of those of those wins in the draft like the Hawks had themselves. You know, back in the early 2000s, um, in the mid 2000s, um, you know, when even when they were striking out occasionally in the first round, they were getting players later in the draft who ended up helping them a great deal. Great deal. Like, for example, 2005, when they took Jack Skilling in the first round, but they also got Nicholas Jalmerson in the fourth. You know, yeah. and the truth of the matter is, is that the Hawks have just not had that kind of success you know, round by round in the draft for years, for, for, for at least 10 years. And it's showing, I mean, it's like, it's why, when you, when you've got a couple of defensemen go down, you're, you're plugging in an 18 year old kid who's got tons of offensive talent, but he does not help you at all defensively. Cause that's all you've got.
0: Yeah. Well, that you know, was and then
1: some, some guy named Gilbert. Yeah.
0: And yeah. then, oh. uh, you, you got like, uh, Laz with the, uh, the sub tweets that he pulls with that. Uh you know, I see a lot of people saying that they should tear it down. And what are they gonna tear down? You know, the, the 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 big four have no movement clauses and stop. uh
1: stop, stop. Yes, yeah. no, not you, him. Yeah, no, That's, I know. Because you know what? No movement clauses are just bargaining chips. That's all they are. No movement clauses can be waived. And furthermore, everybody says, Well, oh, Crow's got a no movement clause. Crow does, Crow may have a no movement clause, but it has a limited no trade clause in it, which means if the team asks him for a list of 10 teams to which he would accept a trade, he has to provide it, and he can be traded to one of those 10 teams. And I'll take it even a step further. If they've got a deal in place with a team that's not on his list, they can go and negotiate with him. So, and, you know, what's involved yeah. in that negotiation? I don't know. How did the Cubs get rid of Sammy Sosa?
0: And the the other thing, uh, I didn't even realize this um, until – did you see the thing about Patrick Berglund from uh, no. St. Louis? No. Uh, he was – Part of the deal for Ryan O'Reilly, you know, with Buffalo. And uh, from what I was, I I didn't watch the exact piece, but um, it was pretty much the details were kind of rolled over uh, into the podcast I was listening to. And what happened was Patrick Berglund had a a partial uh, no movement clause in his contract. Right. And um, he, and Buffalo was on that. But the team in writing requested it more than once from his agent his agent claims that he didn't get the, you know, the the list from the player well the bottom line is nobody got the list and by that by the, I, there was some kind of time constraint on it mm-hmm. the time constraint lapsed which then rendered the no movement clause null no. null right then right. they were able to trade him to Buffalo, and they traded him to Buffalo and got Ryan O'Reilly out of it. Then some other things happened with Berglund, but that was the, the very interesting because I had never really thought about that before. But that was well, a re- really interesting that, that had happened. And
1: well, and the other thing is is when you start to see players yelling at coaches on the bench and smashing sticks coming off the ice and you know pointing the fingers at teammates to to the end to extent it's deserved um those are the kinds of things especially with veteran players who've been used to winning um those are the kinds of things that will will cause some of these guys to to be willing to play ball with the team in terms of a trade if there's a trade partner out there who who desires their services and it may and the dollars make sense etc it's not it's not easy to do, but for, but to categorically say it can't happen because of a no-movement clause, I, I'm, I'm sorry. With all due respect, that's ignorant.
0: Yeah, well, and and that's kind of how what I said. What I said is, well, Crawford's going to be off the books this summer anyway. So no-movement clause or not, even if he sticks with the team, he's going to be gone after, you know, April 1st when the playoffs start. And then you have, you know, uh, Keith, uh, Seabrook, uh Kane and Taves right. and you work with that. Maybe you get Keith or <coughs> something or whatever. You, they're not all going to be able to go, but, you know, unloading some of those big contracts to, you know, be able to move other players and to be able to start taking bigger roles with the team, you know, is what you're going to just have to do. You can't have Duncan Keith for five more years or, you know, or and Brent this- Seabrook for five more years, or, you know, there's going to be three more years of, of Kane and Taves both.
1: And, and here's the thing you don't just blow up the team for the sake of blowing it up um the the thing is is and you don't blow up the team you know to to get cap room so you can go out and overspend in free agency that's not smart but what you do is is if you can move one or two of these guys let's say at this trade deadline and get some first round picks back for one or two of these guys or even a couple of second round picks as well if you start to stockpile picks then you can start to really rebuild the, this team from the you know from the pipeline up, which is how you rebuild. Yeah. That's how it's done. I mean, the CBA lends itself to that. Uh, you don't rebuild through free agency. It's free, free agency is where you add the finishing touches. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and go ahead, sorry. No, the other part of of what Laz was saying was, well, you know, they got this many quote unquote you know twenty five and under players. So where do you do the blow up? I'm like, you know, I, I mentioned the no movement thing, and then. On top of that, just because a guy's under 25 years old doesn't mean he's part of the solution. Age has nothing to do with it. It's the players. Like, if the players... I don't care if the player's 18 and you throw him out on the ice and he's not part of the solution, well, then you move on. I mean, they, that's kind of what they did with Haru Whether right or wrong, I'm not here to debate that. But they just, you know, he wasn't part of their solution in their eyes. And they wanted to bring a new lender for him. So that's what they I did. I
1: mean, and what are we talking about? We're talking about Ole Mata and Connor Murphy and Dominic Kubelik. You know, listen, I'm not saying these guys are bad or you don't you don't want them on your team, but none, none of those guys are guys who are going to be superstars in the league. And you we you need to go out and get the the next superstars to rebuild. That's what you gotta get. And the way you get that is through high draft picks. Mm-hmm. And if you're a team like the Hawks, the way you get those high draft picks is you make the hard choices and you trade popular players to get those high draft picks. Um, because you know what, nobody wants Brent Seabrook. You're not going to get sh- crap for him.
0: You could say shit. Going <laughs> to say shit.
1: Um, it! You're, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get shit for him. Um, you're probably going to have to bribe somebody to take him, but or you're going to have to buy him out at the next at the next CBA. But you know the. the Basically, everybody else is holding on to a, a a a dead dream. The patient is dead. You know, this this thing is not going anywhere good. If you think this team's going to be better next year by some magic of you know Adam Boakfast turning into Eric Carlson Carlson overnight, you're smoking crack. Yeah. That's not. I mean, even if even if he does improve geometrically, exponentially, it, it, he's one guy. And he's kind of a one, gonna, always going to be sort of a one-dimensional player. He may, you know, he may become Eric Carlson Light or Eric Carlson II. He may become Chris Letang or Chris Letang Light. You know, I mean, but again, you you need so many more pieces than that. Yeah. Kirby Doc is probably going to be a really good player, but again, you you, you you need at least two or three guys to become what you hope they are.
0: He's not going to turn into Mark Messier tomorrow. No, that's just not, not going to happen.
1: No, and remember. Mark Messier was surrounded by Wayne Gretzky, Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry. That's what makes great teams. You've got to you've got to have great players up and down your roster. That's what you gotta have.
0: Yeah, and Kirby Doc probably is not gonna be it if he if he ever makes it to superstar level, and there's a very good chance he could. Probably won't happen until he's more in the, you know, twenty-two range. Then you're gonna really start seeing it come, you know. You don't it doesn't happen very often where players you know, just come out in 18 years old, they're a star in the league. Even these guys who are the, you know, uh, these highly regarded picks and stuff, like they still struggled in their first couple years.
1: Yeah. I mean, and look at guys like McKinnon and Landeskog. They're only really now getting the leeway rep, you know, recognition that they've probably deserved for years because they haven't had been surrounded by, by the great, you know, teammates. And now they've got the great teammates around them. And now they're getting the recognition because, it's, you know, you, you put six guys in the ice at any given time, and they have, you, know, you, you need most of those guys, if not all of them, to be great, to be a great team. And, you know, the Hawks are so far from that. It's not, you're not just going to have one or two draft picks hit. You've got to hit for, like, over five, six years, and not just in the first round, but deeper in the draft. And the way you do that is you've got to accumulate picks. And then the other question becomes, do you have the right guy calling the shots and the picks? Yeah, that's that's another that's another because yeah, that's the other thing about this whole thing with the with a possible coaching change is is, you know, it's it's a political gambit. It's, you know, finding the convenient scapegoat because I don't think Stan Bowman's going to walk up to the microphone and say, this is all my fault. I should I should be fired. Yeah. He's not going to do that.
0: And let's you know, we said it over and over and over again. He's not that great of a draftier,
1: draft guy No, he's not. He's not. His record in the draft. And you could rationalize, well, they've picked late because they were successful for so many years. But, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, at some point, that that just sort of comes out in the wash. I mean, he's had so many picks over the years. And his his success rate, I mean, I did a comparison a couple years ago of his, his success versus that of the, the Penguins and the Kings, the two other teams that have won a lot of Cups over the last 10 years. And really, if you look at it, they're comparable but really the Hawks are are third out of those three teams in terms of the players they've picked reaching the NHL and becoming good players.
0: Yeah, and I did, I did the same where I compared, uh, you know, Stan Bowman's drafting record against his peers uh, in, in the division. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And it was just basically he was average at best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's – when you bring in a guy who's the guru, the quote-unquote cap guru – or anything like that, like his job is going to be to find those diamonds in the rough. His job is going to be ways to find, you know, holes in the cap so that your team doesn't have to, to be one player short for a game because yeah. you can't navigate the, the cap. Like those are what the, the, you know, he was brought in because he was the cap guy. He was right. going to help with the cap right. and he has not helped with the cap very much. Uh, you know, he he kind of was able to, you know, screw with the cap a little bit with that Patrick Kane thing, you know, years ago, but, um, even that wasn't rocket science. I mean, just to not be able, I, I, like, I will not, I'm not going to forget that. I'm never going to let him live it down. The fact that that one game they had to, pl- they had to to play one player short because they couldn't figure out to do anything with the salary cap. Like everyone has to work with the salary cap. How many teams do you see not having you know enough players dressed for a game? You don't see it. And as, yeah, I
1: mean, as it, much it, as Colleton it, it,
0: wanted to wanted to sweep it under the carpet. Oh, it happens in the AHL all the time. Okay, you were in the AHL one year. <laughs> Relax. Okay, it doesn't happen that often. Right. Um, and then usually those are emergency situations. You don't have emergency situations in the NHL. You have all the assets in the world. Uh, you know, your whole system at your disposal. So like, Mr., uh, Mr. Cap Guru needs, needs to be able to figure this stuff out.
1: Well, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and take a maybe a little bit broader view on that. And that is, you know, this is a team that's, that's, that's you know, some will say that they're stuck and some will say that they've chosen to be stuck. I believe it's more of the latter, that they've chosen to be stuck having, you know, an aging and highly paid core. Um, they they also made a decision on July 1st to invest $11 million this season in goaltending, which has probably been worth it. However, the the problem is it can't compensate for a team that stinks. And, you know, so, so Bowman is balancing these huge salary commitments to six, seven, eight players. And, you know, then, then he's got to fill in around that with, you know, guys on entry level deals and, and, um, you know, it's, it, it can't be easy. And so I'm going to give him a little bit of a, a little bit of a pass, there, except for the fact that he's partially, if not completely responsible for it. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say.
0: He's like, yeah. he's the one that gave Brent Seabrook that money, just basically threw it out at him. Yeah.
1: yeah like, but the other thing is, you know what I'm going to tell you, and this is the part that really gets me, gets me worked up and fans, you got to understand this, this, this they don't give however many millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. They gave Brent Seabrook for that many years without somebody above Bowman signing off on it, i.e., John McDonough and maybe even Rocky Words himself. You know, uh-huh. and and the, that the bottom line is is that is that it's not just uh, you know Stan sitting there, you know, like the great brain in his office making these decisions by himself. He was he was hired into the job, and Dale Tallon was fired. Because because he was willing to play ball with John McDonough and, and let John McDonough be very, very involved up to his elbows in the hockey decisions. And you know what? I don't think it's changed that much. So, you know, in fairness, it, you know, Bowman may not be the entirety of the problem. You know, it, it may extend beyond him and it may extend to, a, a, you know, a front office apparatus that, frankly, is very crowded with a lot of, you know, egos and opinions from from what everybody from what all that I've heard over the years. Yeah. And I don't think that's changed that much. And, you know, maybe that's part of the problem, too. You know, and and maybe that's why this this this, you know, I've heard the term analysis paralysis applied to this organization. And I think that may be part of the reason why they're stuck between, uh you know, a a an old team that's that's getting older, that's highly paid, you know, dreams of the past and the need to rebuild. And that's what's frustrating me is the fact that so many people are, are you know, complaining about the team, but they're not willing to change anything. That's insanity.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, they try to they try to skip through and they try to get lucky and. That's the, the, the kick-in-the-can-down-the-road nonsense. Right. You know, right. trying to find, uh, you know, the next Artemi Panarin to come in and save the franchise. Right. Good luck.
1: It's always, and it's always somebody every year that's going to come in and save it, you know?
0: Yeah, Dylan <laughs> like Sakura. Every year. Dylan Sakura.
1: D- Dominic Kubelik.
0: Yeah. I you like know, Kubelik, who's, who's but he's not going to save terrible the Terrible
1: player. Go ahead, sorry.
0: No, no, you're right. It's uh, He's a good, you know, depth Middle six guy, you could put him in the top six. He can score, you know, give you some uh, some scoring depth, but he's not lead yet to the promised land.
1: He's Cahoon with a great shot, yeah. is what he is.
0: Well, speaking of Cahoon, do you see, he was lead, he's leading uh, Pittsburgh in, in goals.
1: I did not know that. That's, yeah,
0: he started off well, but then
1: again, look who he's playing with. Yeah. I mean, he's you know he's playing with Crosby and Malkin, and um, you know Pittsburgh is a better team than the Hawks right now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So. so. All
0: right. Well, I, I do want to spend a good uh, section of time on questions uh, because a lot of times I rush through them at the end and we had a good amount of questions here. So let's spend a healthy amount of uh, time on the questions, then we'll get out of here and we'll go watch the Blackhawks lose to Arizona. Um, Sandra Mir, uh, how long will the Blackhawks as an organization and or Rocky let this inability to consistently win uh, roster coach GM, take your pick, continue. Um, I mean it, and there's several questions like this. I mean, if they, uh, spend most of, you know, December losing considerably, uh, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to make a change.
1: But, but okay. And Sandra, she's one of my favorites. She's a, she's a great fan and she's a, she's a friend of the rink. But I had this conversation with her. She's like, you know, she's she's the one thing I would never do is trade Patrick Kane. And I'm not saying I'm not advocating for it per se. But but the truth of the matter is, when you look at it, how are you going to change the paradigm? How are you going to change the equation? You've got you've got to get some new, good, young players in here. How are you going to do that? You're not going to do that by putting Brent Seabrook out there. So what it comes down to is, is. It's, it's, there's hard choices that are going to need to be made. And it, the team may have to get worse for a couple of years in order to get really better.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Colorado did, they <clears throat> out it. but yeah, you know, on the other, the other side of the coin, I mean, Pittsburgh was able to kind of, they didn't bottom out, but they definitely missed the playoffs for a couple of years before they came back in the hit of their resurgence. So, but somewhere along the line, I mean, you, you, you have to kind of bottom out
1: to a degree. That's it's it certainly seems that way, but I think a lot of fans and and it's it's understandable. I get it. But I think a lot of fans are not prepared yet to accept that. But at the same time, if you're expecting some some like for example, I mean we talked about it in our staff chat, you know, what if they got rid of Colton and hired Pete DeBoer? Pete DeBoer is a good coach, and you might get a temporary little little sort of jolt from that and turn things around for a while, but the underlying fundamentals of this team are still bad. Yeah. You still have a guy who's a terrible defenseman playing 26 minutes a night because you don't have anybody else.
0: Well, the bottom line too, one of the best coaches to probably coach in the NHL ever in its history, Joel Quenville couldn't mask the problems right, right. of this anymore. team. No, he and, couldn't. And he team, did for a
1: while, but he, he, he couldn't yeah, do it anymore.
0: Right. So Pete DeBoer is not going to come in and do it either. Right. And he may, you know, he may, like you said, may, may have a little be, a better structured system. May they may lose less games by, right. you know, smaller margins, and that's good. You know, that's okay. But
1: but, if, but Pete DeBoer is, is a good coach, and he's going to say to Stan Bowman, I you know I'm sure he would say I can't win with with playing Gustafson 26 minutes a night. I I would think
0: you'd hope. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is the Blackhawks are four years down the road from that you know the heyday. Stop living in the past.
1: I don't believe in living in the past. I think the past is for cowards. You live in the past, you die in the
0: past. And that was four years ago. Four years is a long time, in a, you know, for a sport, a sports franchise. And uh, you know, there's nothing on the horizon that says they're going to get considerably better. You know, there's not, there aren't those guys. That, there isn't a, a Patrick Kane or a Jonathan Taves in the pipeline yet. Maybe Doc gets to that level maybe Boakvist gets to a closer level, but I don't see those two solely carrying this team. Those two themselves are not going to be the sole carriers of this team into the next thing. And, and
1: you know, we talked about this last week, and I talked about it in an article I wrote about, I guess about 10 days ago, is that, you know, they lucked into that number three pick to get done. Oh, yes. And if if you're going to get, if you're going to pick in the top three, Guys, fans, get ready. You're gonna stink in order to get in the top three. But you know what? It's you know, as a guy who used to watch Alexander Karpatsev play every night, I, I'm I'm prepared for a couple of year, couple of years of really stinking to get really good, because that's what it takes. And you know, this team is just gonna is just gonna drive everybody crazy, because every year you're gonna go in thinking, oh, Seabrook looks great. Look, he's playing softball. He looks like he's dropped twenty pounds. No, I mean, <coughs> we, you know, it's it's just it's it's a mirage. It's and you know these are guys who are not going to get better at this point. They're only going to get worse. But
0: what was that name drop you you threw in there?
1: Alexander Karpatsov. This
2: <laughs> time, <laughs> Seth Seabrook, you'll get nothing
0: like it. Pat Foley had to weigh had, had to weigh in on uh, Karpatsov. Oh, do we have that in the soundboard? I don't. I do not. Oh, unfortunately. we got that. Yeah.
1: The uh, rant. Although, yeah. <laughs> may he rest in peace. He rest in yeah.
0: Peace. Ralph on the Facebook page, in the in case of the ever increasing chance that the Blackhawks trade someone from the core, what could they realistically expect in return for someone like Taze or possibly Kane? Uh, this is taking into account their past accomplishments and current play.
1: Uh I personally think depending on the team. Um, depending on their needs and depending on the assets that they're able to, uh, return. Um, I think you could get a pretty substantial return for both of them as in, so like, for example, going into the trading deadline, typically for a top six forward, a legitimate top six forward, you're going to get, um, you know, who's, who's not 35 years old. You're going to get a, um, first round pick, a young player and a prospect. Um, now, now take that and apply Patrick Kane to that. Who's one of the top forwards in the game? Um, you're going to get a, a pretty, especially if Bowman played it the right way, and he actually got two or three teams bidding against each other. Um, you know, you know if he let it slip out there, yeah, we'd be willing to to deal Kane, or we'd be willing to, to deal Taves. And again, I'm not saying he should do it. However, there is a logic to it, and if you step back and look at it dispassionately, n- take your heart out of it for a second, and just use the brain. There, there is certainly a rationale for it. And if you did that, then, then you could go out and get, you know, several building blocks. You could get a couple of picks or you could get a top five pick perhaps from, from a team, say a team that had two or three picks in the first round the following year. You know what I mean? Who yeah. so could afford to give that up? Yeah. So those teams are out there. It's just it's, – it's finding the right set of circumstances. And, you know, the people say, well, you never do it. It gets done. It happens. This is how teams rebuild.
0: Yeah, I just uh, you know, again, like you said, I I don't see it happening. Uh, probably not. But you know, if they had the right package thrown at them, I would, I would say do it. You know, <laughs> if if I was the one that was the, that they came to and said, hey, this is the package. This is a really nice package. But they want Patrick Kane. I'm like, well, see you later.
1: Yeah, and then the other issue is you got to get the player to waive. Yeah. um In the in their cases, which again is is a big deal. However. If you know, for example, what some people interpreted the other night is Taves showing some dis- dissatisfaction to his coach on the bench. Yeah, you, you never know. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. And I, and here's the thing: I you know, in all likelihood, neither neither guy wants to wave or would wave. In all likelihood, but the, but stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, and you know what? You just don't know. I, I'm glad you brought that thing up. I everyone getting all up in arms about first. Uh, Robin Leonard yelling at the bench when he was pulled, and then Corey Crawford breaking his stick when uh, you know he did he did just about everything he could to win that game for him, and then uh, Jonathan Taves you know having a conversation with Colleton and people you know assuming that he's saying you know whatever he's yeah. saying to the coach. I don't know what he said. I yeah, he said. I mean it's, I mean. <laughs> I, I could very well see a player on the bench, you know, I'm talking about another player and I was like, yeah, well I was out there and I was talking to him and I was, I was thinking to myself, fuck you, you know, right. like right. I'm not talking to the coach. I'm not telling the coach that I'm discreet. you know, it, it, who knows what happens in, in, you know, in these conversations. So just cause, just so you, just because you can read his lips and you think, you know, he's saying, you know, whatever, uh, whatever unmentionable word that, uh, you, you thought he was saying, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean he was saying it to the coach, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So everyone just needs to calm down about that part of it. Uh, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people make too much of a big deal about that. But um, there's,
1: you know, the other thing is, is like this, the other side of it is, and again, I'm not arguing for it. I don't know. I I, I haven't heard any intel on who's happy and who's unhappy, at least not in a long time and not in a couple of years actually. But, um, you know, I, I just through the annals of NHL history, there have been cases where guys who were, you know, on the tail end of their careers or the tail end of the glory years of the team that drafted them, um, in order to to win again or have one last run or, you know, to, to get back with a winning organization, they accepted trades elsewhere. I mean, this has happened over and over and over again. And I think Chicago fans get in this idea of, you know, buying into the persona that the team or the sponsors present on, on TV of the players You know, drive with Kane and Taves drive, a Chevy Cruze. I got news. They don't drive Chevy Cruises. And, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is, you know, these guys aren't from Chicago originally. They've got some roots here, but it's very conceivable that they could pull up and, and, and go somewhere else, go home. You know, these guys are, a lot of these guys are from, you know, grew up in other NHL markets, et cetera. So, I mean, it's just there's agents involved, there's money involved. It's it's just really hard to predict based upon what your heart wants to think or what you know marketing has led you to believe versus you know the realities of business and just you know the fact that these guys nobody likes to nobody likes to be stuck on a losing team it's hard it's hard
0: it is especially when you've done nothing but win in pretty much right. most of your career. Right. I get it. I understand that. I mean, in the beer league, like if you used to be a of winning team yeah. and you start losing, like it's frustrating. It's got to be, you know, infinitely more frustrating when you're a professional athlete and you do it for a living, you're making million dollars, you know, millions of dollars a year. And now all of a sudden you guys are the, you know, the worst team in the league. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's super frustrating, but you know what? Hey, Corey Crawford. Hey, uh, the, uh, San Jose sharks, they need a goalie. Um, you want to, you know, try a run with them. Uh, you know, your, your, you know your final few months of your contract, see if you can make another run at a cup before you hit free agency and maybe have to be a backup to someone somewhere.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because I, I was watching, uh, Columbus play, uh, who was it? Oh, New York the other night. And I was watching, you know, I got to tell you something, After, you know, again, this is, this is just sort of the, the broad view that a lot of fans take. They lost Artemi Panarin. They can't be any good anymore. That is still a really good team. The problem is they don't have goaltending because because they lost Bobrovsky. Yeah. So, you know, if you could get, and I'm not saying Corey Crawford would waive to go to Columbus or that he'd waive to go to San Jose, but, you know, if, if there was, you know, uh, an understanding that the, the team would extend him for three years, you know, and take take that, take that risk on that the Hawks might not have to take, especially if they extend Leonard between now and, and uh, you know, March 1st, um, you know, then, then Corey, you know, might, might wave and he would go to a team where his ability immediately makes a fringe playoff team, a good playoff team. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, th- this is, so these are the possibilities that and that's just two teams, that's just two situations, but yeah. those are both teams that are pretty good up and down the lineup, except for the fact that they don't have the goaltending anymore.
0: All right. And you know, the bad thing about the Keith, uh, that Keith injury yeah, I mean that takes him right off the market. You know, you couldn't probably you, you unless unless
1: he or, comes back and he's hundred percent at some point. Yeah. You know, between now and say February first, yeah. I mean, it, but but again, you don't know if he would waive either.
0: Yeah. Um, Ken Kallenbach, our boy. Uh, does the fact uh, does the fact that Stan firing Colleton would be does the fact that man I'm having a Decipher these questions. Does the fact that Stanfire and Collaton would be one, admitting a mistake, and two, signing his own death warrant make it very likely that Jeremy Collaton finishes the season? Well, I mean, if they continue to hover around, you know, respectable, uh, sure, yeah. I mean, he's gonna make it to the end of the season. If they bot him out, I don't know. Uh you know, they're already gonna be down, probably Mark Crawford at this point. Uh do you bring in You know, a lot, you don't see a lot of times where a team actually brings a coach in from the outside in the middle of the season. Usually it's kind of a, uh, they do a, uh, you know, an interim thing right? and, and they, you know, they'll interview people or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't don't think
1: the Hawks have, I mean, I think Mark Crawford was that guy that you could, you know, if, if. Carlton, you know, poop the bed. You could plug, you could plug Mark Crawford in, and, and know that you had a competent NHL coach there. You know,
0: yeah, they, you're um, right. They don't have any more of that in the system.
1: Not in the system. So again, if it's you know, there one plausible scenario is like what we just talked about, where you got a guy like Pete DeBoer who's who's got a pretty good proven record everywhere he's been, and he's available now. I mean, do you pull the trigger then? But then you know, who knows? I mean, who knows how he is. With you know different personalities, does he have any history, good or bad, with some of the guys that are already there? You know, um, you know, it, it, does his system fit the talent, et cetera, et cetera? I don't have the answers to those questions, so you don't know. The other side of it is, is you know, uh, going back to Kent's question, I you know didn't if if the, if getting rid of Carlton signs stands death warrant didn't get getting rid of Quenville do the same thing? You know, I mean, it's you know at some point it's like. You keep changing coaches, but you keep getting the same results. Well, then there's another problem.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hockey Life, who's a new, subscri- or a new uh, question submitter. Uh, Welcome, Hockey Life. Yes. Uh, send us this question. What are your thoughts? Is it time to sell everything and either have the core four help develop, show, and lead the next generation of Hawks to take over or ask them if they would waive their no-movement clause most of the core four could be traded. Yeah, okay, we've we've talked about that. Chance in another cup, along with Crow, Leonard, doesn't resign. sign uh, Gustafson, Murphy, Kubalik, uh, Kajula, Sa, Dahan, pending injury report, Smith, Mata, <laughs> Mata, and uh Lener are all tradable. If you sell uh, everything, get some good, great lottery picks and and or prospects would have room to take on a bad contract dump, uh, let the, uh, younger guys, this is a long question. It was like a three-parter, let the younger guys get some serious ice time and situations to learn to grow. Uh, sorry about the essay. Well, thank you, Hockey Life, for submitting the question. Um, uh, we're, we're all for, uh, I think we're all in agreement on this, even our site wide. We are, uh, about, you know, break breaking it up. Uh, breaking some things up but uh all those people I the chances that all those people are going anywhere is very slim uh you, no team makes that many trades uh, but you could see two or three of those players not around um, and I'm gonna talk about Robin Leonard a little bit a little, a little bit later when, when, when we wrap up with Jackie Davis's question but uh yeah there's crow's probably gonna be gone uh, unless, you know, he, comes
1: yeah, I think Crawford one way or the other is, is probably yeah. and it really, frankly, it would probably be a shame actually if, if he just slipped away on July 1st and went and signed somewhere else or, you know, I mean, there, I think there's some people out there that are kind of privately hoping that they'll trade Leonard and keep Crawford around. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that. That would be that's dumb. Just, that's a very low percentage move. That would be
0: immensely stupid.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, but, but it, Personally, I think it, the, the best move for the Hawks from a business standpoint would be to, to get something for Crawford at the deadline and, you know, and and hopefully also put Crawford in a position where, where he can go and have a, another playoff run and maybe get another contract from somebody. Yeah, You know, but when we, when you've got the 28-year-old former Vezina finalist in-house who's also overall outplayed Crawford, that's the guy you got to keep.
0: And Crawford hasn't played bad either.
1: That's, no, that's yeah, how good Leonard's been. been. He was down then up. He's been he's been great since a certain point early on. Early on, he was pretty bad. He
0: was he was he was more average. He wasn't you know typical Corey Crawford. Now he's right, been showing right. more of the you know Corey Crawford that we know and love. But yeah, again, right. like at 35 years old, you can't trust that that's gonna that's gonna mm. you know continue to to especially with his history. And I don't want to belabor that one. Right. All know. else
1: being equal. At 35, you've got to start having questions about a guy, all else being equal. You know, sure, Dominic Cossack was still dominant up to age 40, but typically over the years, goalies start to fall off in their late 30s, number one. And then secondarily, you've got the concussion history, which doesn't ever get cured. Yeah. You know, so I think those two factors alone, and then when you've got the guy, you know, you've got the guy that, that you could ride for another four or five years, it's it's just kind of silly to even entertain
0: that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring that up when we talk about Jackie's question. Uh, I got I got I, I have things to say about that uh, hockey life though. But yeah, we are we are for breaking down some of this core and uh, trying to rebuild that way because it's really the only way you're going to rebuild. So thanks for the question, and I hope you can uh, I add
1: one more thing. On yeah, that? sure, sure. I you know I was until very recently I was on the on the on the 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 side of just get rid of the the older higher paid you know, former core players, and and hold on to, to some of the younger guys like Saad. But you know what? Honestly, I mean, as much as I love Brandon Saad, um, I also think that right at this point what the team has to be looking at is, you know, assets that they can trade that are going to bring back the best return in terms of really young, you know, high-ceiling high, high ceiling futures that they can acquire. And unfortunately, you know, Saad, even though he's only like 25 or 26, Um, you know, he's probably one of those guys you put in that, in that, in that boat of, you know, he could bring you back, um, you know, a a fairly, a fairly good, you know, good high first round pick possibly from the right team, you know, maybe not top 10, but maybe top 15.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, those are the kinds of things you got to get. And, and frankly, I, I gotta be honest with you, I don't think this team is going to do much over the next three years. So you may as well, you may as well go get what you can now for these guys. Yeah, anybody really?
0: Taves, Kane, and you know, I guess you could throw sod in there too. In in this contract cycle, the Blackhawks are not winning the Stanley Cup.
1: No, right, exactly.
0: They just don't have it. Uh, And and unless by some miracle, you know, they're able to 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 magically find four, you know, Artemi Panarin's out out there, which is not even possible.
1: That's just getting harder and harder to do too. I mean, everybody is scouting Russia everybody's scouting the Czech Republic and scouting Sweden. I mean, more than ever, more than ever, because because of the Artemi Panarin's. You know, the the guys that get occasionally get on Earth that that are just superstars. But the reality of it is, it's really hard to find those guys anymore, and and then get them signed because, you know, the Hawks were lucky to get Panarin. I mean, there were other teams after him, and the Hawks got him because they were still a, a Stanley Cup quality team. They're not anymore.
0: Yeah, that you you get players like uh, that. Uh, <laughs> Mikalev, I think his name is, on uh, Toronto. He was like one of the top free agent European forwards. I mean, he's a good. He's like Kubalik, kind of. Um, yeah. You know, he's a decent player. He adds to the lineup, but he's not going to carry your team. So, anyway. Craig Carlson. Does Stan look at Hines or DeBoer to salvage the season or his job? If so, which one would be better for the team long term? Is Eric Gustafson Swedish for Andy Moore? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it! Um, I mean, he, he, he could, I would, I would think that, uh, you know, that's his job to look at Heinz or DeBoer. Um, I mean, Heinz, I don't know which one's going to be better for the team. DeBoer has more experience. He's been known historically, his first year of coming in to teams, mm-hmm. he's, he really does well. Uh, then they kind of falter and he ends up moving on. Uh, San Jose really didn't – he really wasn't the problem there. Uh, they just couldn't get any saves. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't – probably DeBoer, but I don't know. I really honestly yeah. don't know. We didn't see enough of John Hines to, re, to really know. But, hey, you know, you could bring in Hines and you could bring in uh, Jim Montgomery and you could have the all-bald guy crew mm. coming in and <laughs> coaching behind the bench. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep make using this word jabroni and it's awesome that's what I have to say about uh, Eric Gustafson. Uh, not
1: you know, it's so funny, the Andy Delmore comparison, because I've, I've used that comparator for him before, because he's basically a guy who's who's really, his worth is on the power play. And that's the Delmore was. Andy Delmore was like the worst skater I ever saw. He's like, he had the weirdest skating stride, like literally like one of his legs was like six, six inches longer than the other one. And uh, yeah, that takes me back a little bit.
0: Well, uh, look at Eric Gustafson the other day when he fell down on that, uh, Two on one. Yeah. Uh, that that was not. That was like that was John Scott esque. When you know uh,
1: Gustafson, I mean, he's a great skater. He's got a he's got a fantastic shot, but just I mean, it's like he's like it's like there's tumbleweeds in his brain. I mean, he's just he just does. The, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to, and sometimes I suspect that that's what it is, or he's just not very smart, or both. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I try to think that or I try to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that uh, he's smart enough. Maybe he just can't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Um, thanks, Craig. Uh, very cool dude uh, asked Do you really think that Doc and Bulkfist are good enough to build a team around? I have my doubts, but I may be too pessimistic. You are not too pessimistic. They may be, uh, you, you know, part of the new core, but I don't think they are the next, uh, you know, I honestly don't think that Bokris is the next Duncan Keith, and I don't think that Doc is mm. the next Jonathan Taze. That does not say, say that they're not going to be really good NHL players for the Blackhawks. I still think they're going to be good NHL players for the Blackhawks. I just don't think they're going to be that level. They're going to need more around them. and Even Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane needed more around them. Yeah. You know, how many people? Yeah. Marion Hosa, go down the list. I mean, at the time, Dustin Bufflin... Uh, Nicholas Johnson, Brian uh,
1: Campbell. Yeah.
0: Like they all, they needed all that depth around them. So, and, and it's going to be the same for Doc and Boquist. You can't just have Doc and Boquist and a bunch of Eric Gustafsons and a bunch of uh, Drake Kajulis. And that's it. Like,
1: yeah. I, I think my personal take is th- I think Doc is a guy who you can count on. That you, you know you, there's pre, it's fairly easy to see the kind of player he's going to become in the NHL um, and it may it may happen pretty quickly um, Boquist is a little harder to peg because he has further to go in terms of developing an NHL game um, and and you know, with him, it's going to be you know how how much he can pick up and learn to play that positional defense game. Because like Keith, Keith has never been a guy who's going to clear 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 the you know the center of the front of the net and clear around the net. He's just never never was that guy. He he can't really outmuscle some of those big forwards. But what Keith, what made Keith great was his his positioning and his thinking and the use of his stick. And um, it, it remains to be seen how much of that bulk fist can or will. Um, assimilate in, assimilate into his game, you know, and, and uh, so he's a little harder to say, yes, he's going to be a really elite defenseman in the NHL, because I mean, there's, I think there's a lot, there's a school of thought out there that, it, that the defensive side doesn't matter. And as long as the guy can, can drive the play up the ice, he's got I I just disagree. I think a defenseman's got a great defenseman has got to be able to defend, even if he is a great offensive player, primarily.
0: Uh, and Eric Gustafson is is the prime ex, your prime example of that.
1: Perfect, perfect example. Right. And so, you know, it's like and, you know, would I rather have Eric Carlson or would I rather have Chris Letang? I'd rather have Eric Carlson because Eric Carlson, in my opinion, and there are those who will disagree with me. But in my opinion, when he wants to, he can be a really good defensive player. And Letang's never been that great defensively, in my opinion. And, um, you know, so uh, it it, it remains to be seen, I guess. I think I think Boakfist is going to be a good player at minimum and and a weapon in a lot of ways. Um, and he'll be better than Gustafson. I just don't know how how much better. I, I don't know how close he's going to be to what they project him as, which is the next Eric Carlson. I don't know. That's saying a lot because Eric Carlson is not just a one dimensional hockey player. I, I have been saying that for years, and no and people disagree. But I've just I've seen enough of how he can defend when when he wants to. You know, like when they had that long run in the playoffs um, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the year Nashville won the cup. Um, he was terrific. And, you know, if Bochris can be that kind of player, well then you got two of them. But you still need two or three more of those guys to get back in that conversation of being a Stanley Cup team.
0: Yeah, and again, I uh <clears throat> I th- I compare Bochris more to like uh Brett Burns. Like not that he's gonna g- I don't Bo- know that he's gonna get to that level, but Brett he's Burns is- gets to that size. Yeah. <laughs> but he and, and I'm not even saying he's that type of player, but like that kind of enigma, like a weird like, like, freak like a, of nature. That's
1: like a Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, you know.
0: But what I'm saying is, like, he's kind of a liability in his own end. Brent Burns is. like you can't well, really been, control.
1: Some people say Bufflin is too. I mean, yeah. he's got mobility issues. Um, you know, go, skating to the to the side and skating backward, but. I don't know. He makes up for it with other things.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying he, he's he's very good at offensively talented and he's a quick skater and he, he thinks well and he sees the plays. And, and that's all good stuff. And so does Brent Burns. But they're both kind of liabilities in their own end at this point in time. And uh, if you're going to be playing a guy 26 minutes, some of that time you have to be able to defend in your own end. You can't. You're not going to spend 26 minutes on the other end of the ice. Or, or you need
1: a partner. You need a partner who like is like a Nicholas Jomerson who is going to cover for you and is so stable and so steady that you know that it makes up for that your deficiencies defensively. Um, and you know the Hawks are projecting perhaps um, Alex Vlasic as being that kind of player, but he's got a long, long way to go to reach that that level if he ever will. But that's the value of guys like that, of guys like Nicholas Jalmerson.
0: Oh, hey, look at that. Grabner scores. Gives the Coyotes a one nothing lead. Oh God! Uh, yeah, it's already started. Um, so let's wrap up with Jackie Davis. She's one of our top fans. She's always got a question for us. She's always got really good stuff. Um, I want to spend a little time on her stuff, and then we'll get out of here and watch this uh, nightmare game. Uh, Jackie Davis, where to start? Can we please trade Gus now? Of course we know what that is. Are we done with the Dylan Secura experiment? I'd be fine with it if some team wanted to take him off the Blackhawks hands. He's just looking more and more like he's just kind of a AHL NHL tweener guy uh, that, you know, maybe he, maybe he'll be a full-time NHL or someday, but um, you know, you're looking at like maybe a third line guy at best. And, and you know what, there's a lot of third line guys out there in the NHL, you know, on the free agent uh, market. So,
1: you know, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I haven't seen anything from Dylan Sakura that tells me he's any better than, for example, Alex Fortin. I, I, matter of fact, I think Alex Fortin probably has done more in the NHL than Dylan Secura has in about the same amount of games. So, um, I, you know, I think that Stan Bowman may come to regret that statement that he made a couple of years ago about Secura, that he was the big trade deadline acquisition that, that they were going to get. Because what that a statement like that belies is really poor assessment of prospects. Um, yeah. I mean that's that's just embarrassing. And nope. this, yeah, you're right. Gay, he could come around and end up being a really, really good player, but he, I think he's pretty far from that. I mean, because this is we're not talking about a 19 year old who's, who's still got to mature physically. He's 23, 24.
0: You two know, n- so two nothing Arizona. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Clayton <laughs> that, Keller. Something. Yeah.
1: Either that or you're having an aneurysm. One or the other. Oh God. So. Um, yeah, and, and as far as Gustafson, I mean, uh, why he's still around, I I don't know. Um, you know, cuz the meat because meatballs the love him. They
0: they cater to the meatballs. You find a meatball hero yeah, out there, the Blackhawks just eat that up, man.
1: I think I think that's it. You know, the problem is though is is that, you know, it's it's it's, it's the more he plays, I think the more other GMs and scouts go, "Yeah, I mean, this guy is you know he's at best a mixed bag on his best night he's a mixed bag he's gonna he's gonna make you look great and he's gonna kill you and i think i think that you know if they'd have moved him maybe a couple of years ago when he was first up and he's starting to you know score all those goals and you know when he had piled up all those points but the hawks should have known the hawks should have known this is a guy who's he was 25 or 26 at the time they should have known that he this is a guy who's probably never gonna be this great player that 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 we're making him out to be and let's move him and let's get something for him now now the problem is is that you play him 26 minutes a night he's exposed yeah and i don't know how much you're going to get for him but you know what you might as well move him because if 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 you don't then you're then you're showing doubt in bokevist because bokevist is the guy who's going to replace him
0: yeah and speaking of bokevist and i quote oh, mr cut. ben pope Gilbert Boquist split down the middle, like a overripe watermelon Hawks trail to nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's because one is not very good and the other one is too young. I mean, he's too inexperienced.
0: I think Gilbert's going to be, I think Gilbert could be an okay player, but he's not like you got those two guys that are basically essentially rookies out there together. And, uh, this is what you get. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. you know, um, do you see Leonard signing long-term with this team? I hope so. Um, this is where I want to talk about Robin Leonard. There, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and I'm sorry if we're going to go long on this, but there's a lot of misconceptions out there that, well, if I'm Robin Leonard, I'm not going to sign with the Blackhawks because they stink on defense, and uh, you know uh, he, he's going to want to face a lot of shots. And uh, Listen. Robin Leonard knew what he was getting into coming into exactly, the Blackhawks team. Exactly. He knew what he was getting into. Now, while the Islanders put up really good numbers before the season, they had lost a couple of really good players in like Jonathan or uh, John Tavares, um, they, and, and several other players they had lost. They were not look. They were not high on anyone's list. They were going to be one of the bottom teams in the league, or so the people thought. So that's what he was getting into in in the Islanders when he. When he was with Buffalo, they were not good. When he was with Ottawa, they were not good. Now some of those he was you know, he was drafted with Ottawa, I get that. He was stuck in the system. But he had some say-so after all that. And he played with teams that were not that good, gave up a lot of shots. He's confident goalie, he's very confident goalie in his, in his you know what he can do. He doesn't he he is not looking at, well, the black, you know, Blackhawks leave me hung out to dry, uh, you know, a handful of games this year. He's looking long-term down the road.
1: Exactly. And, you know, let me jump in and say this. I mean, I, 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 you took the words out of my mouth. Leonard isn't stupid. I mean, you know, he came in here realizing this was, this was a bad defensive team. This is a team with a lot of money tied up in, in aging players. Um, but when you listen to him talk, he talks about, well, these are the things we need to do to improve. I mean, he's, he's, he's talking like a leader. Honestly, and he's also talking about a guy who's taking a longer view on this team. It's not night tonight with him. He he's looking longer out there, like he plans on being here. And yeah, I mean, there are things that could change that. I mean, the the locker room could be, the dressing room could get toxic, and and that may want you know want him to leave. Or you know, a, a, a rift could develop between him and Crawford. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it will. I don't think it will actually because I don't think that either one of them is that kind of guy. Um, but there's sure there's stuff that could happen. But honestly, I think, I think anybody who thinks that Leonard just said, ah, just go to Chicago for a year. What the hell I, you're being naive. He came here knowing that this was basically an audition for and an easy audition for a long-term contract in the second or third largest market, or maybe the fourth largest market in the league. That's, that's what he was doing. And, and knowing that he was buying into a rebuild.
0: And, and also, well, I've said it a couple times. There's no way that this happened. And Stan Bowman just said, Oh, we'll just sign for one year for five, for $5 million. And that was it. And there was no other talk.
1: Yeah. So we can have the, the best one, two punch in the league. Bullshit
0: for 12 it, months.
1: I mean, people you, yeah. you, don't be ignorant. They did it because they knew they were losing Crawford probably at the end of the year. And they knew, they knew they probably had to lose Crawford because of his age and his health history. And here's a guy that you could plug in
0: and that's that's, that's it. And the reason why a very good reason why the Blackhawks would have signed him to a one-year contract rather than a long-term contract, you know, this one-year $5 million contract is they had Corey Crawford on the books for another year and signing Robin Leonard to, you know, a four-year, 7 million per season on top of Corey Crawford. Like they couldn't do it. You couldn't fit under the cap. But if you tell Robin Leonard, if you tell Robin Leonard, Hey, listen, We'll sign you to a one-year, $5 million contract right now because that'll, that'll get us under the cap. We'll be, we'll be good for the cap. And then, you know, Corey Crawford's this. This is the situation. He's probably going to be gone. $6.5 right. $6. million coming off the cap. Then, then right. you know, once January 1st hits and we can re-sign you to, a, to an extension, we'll give you that, you know, that four-year deal or whatever with the money that is then allocated the following year when Corey Crawford is not around. And that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. And so I think, you know, the 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 really telling part of this whole Leonard drama is going to be between January 1st and March 1st. And if the (laughs) Hawks don't announce an extension for Leonard in that time um, or, you know, there or end up being really, really close on an extension, um, then, you know, the the odds of keeping him go way, way down. Um, It's not impossible. But the thing to remember is, you know, all these people are like. Oh, Leonard, he's gonna, you know, he's just gonna go and get top dollar from somebody else. He's not gonna want to be here. But the truth of the matter is, the only team that can negotiate with him between now and July first is the Hawks.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know? And so they're in the driver's seat on this. And,
0: and this this trade, Leonard, now because you're gonna you you get a bunch of assets for him, and then what you're gonna, what are you gonna do over the summer when Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard aren't right. around? Right. What are you going to do when September hits and you have camp and your starting goalies are Colin Delia and Kevin Lankinen?
1: Uh, I, think, I think some of these people still are holding on to this idea that, that Crawford's going to be here until he's 50. And it's, it's not realistic. You've got to let go of the past, guys.
0: If you bet on that, you're a, a really stupid person. <laughs> Don't bet on that because that's the, the, that is completely irresponsible to to do something like that. To let the twenty eight year old guy who's a Vesina finalist go uh to hang on to a guy who won you a cup four or five years ago that right. now has head injuries and is right. thirty five years old. That right. doesn't make any sense.
1: And that's that's why chances are a year from now Leonard's gonna be the number one goal here and Crawford will probably be playing somewhere else. Yes. Or maybe he'll resign in Chicago for less money to, to stay in Chicago. Maybe he will. And maybe he'll you know they'll they'll keep this thing going. But I don't think it's going to be with both of them, you know, with Leonard making seven and a half million a year and Crawford Crawford making six and a half. Yeah, it's going to happen.
0: I think we both agree a good bet on what Leonard, whether he gets it here or whether he gets it somewhere else, is about seven seven million per million. Probably about a four-year deal at about seven to seven and a half million. That's what I'm predicting.
1: Or maybe five. You know, it depends. I mean, if the team observes that he takes good care of himself and – you know they feel like he can he he'll still be really productive at at age 33. Then then maybe they do five. I mean that's how you you know that's how you make sure that you get a guy like that. Especially if if you if it goes past March 1st and you know there's some risk of him reaching free agency, then they may have to give him another year.
0: Yeah, and and like again, you can't go into free agency and not have not and have any idea who your starting goalie is next year. Right. Like, are they going to sign Brayden Holtby? No. And even if you do sign Brayden me, is he going to work in this system? You don't know. Why would well, I don't you not bet- think
1: they're going to get Holtby. I hope he's going to get a lot of money.
0: Somewhere, yeah. For sure, somewhere. It may not be in in uh, Washington, but he's going to get somewhere. But, oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the bottom line is, it's like, you know what Robin Liner can do in your system, with your organization. You're seeing it right now. Are you going to just throw that away for what? For what? Why would you do that? Why would you throw that away to bring in another guy and roll the dice with another guy? There's he's no reason for that. Energy, you have you the know, guy. For, they have ahead. the guy. They have him. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Aside from how well he's played under really difficult circumstances, I don't know. It, in his interviews, the things he says and the way he says them to me, that's a guy I want around. Yeah. Because he, because he's a leader. Because because you know he's he's all about improving the team and and being po- generally being positive. Now I understand he got a little upset the other night, and that's okay too. Um, but you know, but to me, the way he talks, the way he carries himself, is a leader. I love and it. You need
0: that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I I liked him before. I like him even more now. I mean, not yeah, not just true. because of his play, but I love his attitude. I love how he's straight yep. with everyone. Yep. He, he's passionate about the Blackhawks. Like he wants to win with the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like that's yep. the kind of player you want backstopping you. He's got the yeah. size. He's got the talent. He's got the pedigree. He's got the right attitude. He's now, you know, sober. Like why would we ever, why would anyone ever be like, well, you should just trade him for blah, 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 blah. Like that's the guy you keep. That is the Correct. guy you keep. Trade other people, that is the guy you keep, right? Period. And if if they let him go, like like I, I'm out. Like if you if 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 they go in any other direction than that right now, like that that would be dumb. This is this is like the biggest slam dunk they've had in a while. So sign this guy to an extension. Hang, let him you know usher in the kids. Uh, Delia, in, whatever, and then four years down the road, figure out what it's going to be from there. Even if he doesn't make it all four years or five years or whatever, you you think you're not going to be able to, to unload his contract if it's fairly reasonable? Unless he completely, you know, folds and, you know, and, and falls off a cliff in four years. Right. Uh, you could still get something for a guy like that. Right. You know, just the same, you know, even better than Crawford because he'd be younger. And uh are right. probably making you know, not that much more than what Crawford's making now. So Right. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, that's the uh the Robin Leonard stuff. Uh they they need to hang on to that guy and sign him like twelve oh one on January first if they yep. can. Lock him up and uh you know, that's a, a guy you could build your defense around. So
1: you know, I also think, too, is if they if they do that, if they do that extension sometime in January or February, you know, again, it's going to be a little easier to have the conversation with Crawford and, and uh, you know, early February. Look, you know, we want to give you a, a, a fresh start with a new team. Team's got a shot at, you know, making the playoffs this year and, and perhaps extending you, you know, and I think that's going to be an easier conversation.
0: Yeah. and. and- in all likelihood, it's probably not even going to happen that he's going to get traded. But one way or the other, I don't think he's – he's not coming back as a starter. Crawford isn't. Yeah. Uh, he just can't. You just can't do that. That that would be one of the uh, – again, uh, another really stupid decision. And I, th- I honestly think that Stan Bowman has made a lot of really good decisions in the past 12 months uh, as far as, you know – I liked what he brought in Mata. I like what he brought in DeHaan. Like, I know what he was trying to do. Yeah. It, it hasn't really worked out, but at least what he was trying to do was fill holes that this team had. No,
1: and Mata and DeHaan have not played bad. I mean, yeah. when when DeHaan's been healthy, and so those moves may yet, you know, you know pay off at some point. But the problem is it's just they don't have enough sort of inertia in the right direction as a team you know, for, for those moves to look really good yet, you know, in terms of supporting players, but um, you know, there's no time like the present yeah. <laughs> to start making them. Yeah.
0: All right. That wraps it up. Okay. I think we're good. All right. Well, um, I don't have any like major plugs. Uh, just go to our website, Uh We got a lot of cool new stuff we're going to be doing and uh, we're really excited about all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> we have the Colorado Avalanche division. We have mm-hmm. the, Columbus Blue Jackets division coming soon.
1: The soon soon to be premiering, uh, 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 the slash Canon.
0: Yeah. So uh, you can follow all those accounts on all the social media, depending on what you like. I kind of, I divided it up so that, uh, you know, if you only want to see Blackhawk stuff, you see Blackhawk stuff. You want to see, you know, only Columbus only, you know, so forth and so on. But uh, everything is, Everything all comes together under the or uh, the rink official, uh, and that's on Instagram, that's on Twitter, uh, and that's also on Facebook. Uh, the rink shy or for Chicago, uh, you can follow that for all the Chicago stuff. Uh, the rink Colorado, you of course for the Colorado stuff. The rink Columbus on Twitter, those are all these are all on Twitter. Uh, you could follow all those for all those. Uh, different insights. Uh, Mr. Mister Jekyll, you're going to probably be doing some writing as far as the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets go in the future. Uh, I am. So. And
1: we are also, by the way, we're looking for writers for all three of our NHL um, you know, teams and affiliates. And we're also looking for writers um, to cover other aspects of hockey as well. So if you are a, a writer, um, old, young, in between, um, you know, a lot of us do this in addition to full-time day jobs. So don't be shy. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, if you know, somebody who's a writer who'd who'd like to get into hockey writing, um, this is a great way to do it. And frankly, you know, we've had, uh, a couple of our writers have come and work with us and and built up their portfolio of work and have gone on to other things. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's how this works. And, uh, um, you know, but we would welcome working with you in the meantime and be part of a a growing brand. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've, we've gained in profile and, and in followers and, uh, It's only going to continue. So like I said, if if you're a good content creator, you've got good insights and and good writing skills, um, you know, uh, we would love to have you join us. So just, you know, drop us a line. I believe it's right for at the rink dot com.
0: Yeah, it's right. W.R.I.T.E. for F.O.R. at the dash rink dot com.
1: Or you can direct message uh, Jeff or myself. Um, on, on the, on the Twitters, we're, we're regular users. We're heavy Twitter consumers and heavy Twitter producers. And, uh, you can find us there as well. And, uh, you know, yeah. Join up with us We we're, we'd be excited to have you.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can never have too many good writers and we, no. we, we like people to think outside the box, have a lot of good ideas and, uh, yeah. So. Um, I'm at Puck and Hostel. You're at Jakel, J-A-E-C-K-E-L. Uh, you, you can also follow at the Ringcast as well. That's just the Ringcast, uh, information and stuff like that. If you get a chance, head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, I know Jackie Davis. I actually, uh, behind the scenes had to do a little tutorial for her to, to tell her or to show her how to go on iTunes and rate and review us. She, she, she hasn't been able to do it yet, but she's going to, so, uh, but uh, even if you just only rate us and you don't review us, you just rate us a five-star or four-star, if you like us, we would really four appreciate
1: it. Four at minimum, preferably five, because we're yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, we would really appreciate that, um, uh, to be honest. It, it helps move up the, the rankings. Rankings are important. Uh, they get us more listeners and uh, more readers and, uh, you know, how that kind of thing goes. So uh I don't uh really have any more uh last plugs except for uh it's 3 to nothing now. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix or uh, Arizona, sorry. Uh, 3 to nothing. Oh. Yeah. Uh so that's no good. Yeah, that was after Nealander took a hooking penalty. Uh <laughs> The Hawks blew a power play. Neilander took a hooking penalty. Now it's 3 to nothing. Oh. Uh, so it's that. Uh, Brad Richardson scores. So Man. Yeah, it's not going to be good. I mean, uh, they're 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 going to be in trouble, and uh, yeah. <laughs> good luck. But uh, we're also good news is people who like to listen to us, uh, we're going to be trying to do this more on a weekly basis. Both of our schedules are kind of opening up a little bit. We yep. can get together a little more. Uh, yep. I'm we're going to throw some some other pieces in here, like I said, run loose. Uh, Sean Fitzgerald uh, is going to start doing more writing on the uh, the Indie Fuel. So we're going to be you know. It, adding more indie fuel, uh, content that we haven't had since Evan moved over, moved, uh, you know, moved on from us. Um, but, uh, you know, Sean's gonna, So Sean's going to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, really excited about a lot of stuff coming up for the new year. We're getting jazzed for, uh, even though the Blackhawks are going to stink, we're going to cover every second of it.
1: You know, and but one one perspective on that too is that, you know, even if what what's happening on the ice is not, you know, something that people like to talk or think about very much, I think what's what's going to be exciting and hopefully in the next uh coming months and, and possibly years is what what goes on with this team off the ice. Um I think that you know sometimes when you go through difficult times like the Hawks are going through that forces the team to make some changes and some of the you know again hopefully those changes are about rebuilding this team and rebuilding the talent pipeline and and you know getting back to glory and we'll be more than excited to to bring that to you and to bring you know what we can from behind the scenes as we hear it and uh you know provide the analysis on it and so um it's not all is not lost i just think we're entering a different phase now um as blackhawk fans and uh Certainly, you know we're adding on this, the coverage of other teams who are ascendant teams, like like the the Avalanche, like the Blue Jackets. So, um, you know that's that's been our goal is is to make this about hockey first, and you know the the names the on the front of the sweater second. So, um, you know just stick with us. It's, it's it's this we're gonna we're gonna bring even more exciting stuff in the weeks and months to come.
0: Yeah, and uh, just to, just to end this on a sour note. <laughs> Geez, 4-0? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the uh, the Coyotes are up 3-0, and uh, Vinny Hinnestroza has secondary assists on all three goals.
1: <laughs> oh, Jordan Osterley has one, too.
0: ay ay ay. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Well, I guess with that being said, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the rink.